Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Split Six Podcast, the podcast where we split a six-pack of beers and talk about three different topics each over the course of a beer. I'm your host, Nick Wagella, and I'm here with Brian. Oh, what? Oh, you're not Brian. This is my brother, Dylan. Dylan Wagella's in the house. Hey, hey, hey. Straight from the AZ. That's right. Dylan's in town. Brian can't make it tonight. He is ill, but we are splitting six anyway. Uh, Dylan, how are you doing? How's, uh, I know you came in yesterday, right? Good, good, good. Glad to be on summer vacation. Uh, the perks of uh, being a teacher, I guess. One of the few. Yeah, yeah. Well, that is uh, seriously a big perk, though. I mean, I know you have, uh, you're, the rest of your year is full of fidget spinners and water ball tosses, but the summer vacation's got to feel good. Certainly does. Certainly does. Um, well, um, you want to get into these beers? What are we drinking? Looks like we're drinking some shorts brew. Irma goodness. Irma goodness. Yes, I saw this uh, the other day, and I was like, "That's from that meme. It's from that Irma Gerd meme, um, the, the girl with the like Irma Gerd face." But yeah. uh, let's go ahead and crack these and taste Except them. Except this one looks like a, a grown man with a beard riding a bicycle, right? <laughs> well, it looks like a girl with pigtails, but with a beard and a mustache riding a bike. <laughs> All right, let's crack them open. Thank you. All right, let's try them. Cheers. Cheers. Yep, just like too hearted again. This tastes more like, have you ever had um, fresh squeezed? It's like a... Oh yeah, I had it with you when uh, I was visiting you. I feel like this tastes more like a fresh squeeze, which is from, uh, I believe, Portland? Or from Oregon, somewhere in Oregon, a brewery? Well, what do you think? You think it's good? I like it. Um... I was looking, it's 5.8%. Oh, okay, so it's not too hard. Yeah, it's nothing like too hearted, which is, you know, seven. Seven. <laughs> All right, a well. A couple uh, of those and you're done. Yeah, well, we're going to have three of these. Let's get into it. Beer number one, sport. All right, so uh, as we all know, we have entered the dark ages for sports, the point where basketball and hockey end. Baseball is dragging out, and football has yet to begin getting interesting. But we're going to talk about some stuff anyway. Uh, Dylan, we know you're not uh, that big into hockey, but we'll start with that to just get through it real quick. Um, so the big news in hockey, are you aware there's an expansion team this year? Uh, as of like three days ago. <laughs> when you were, because you were in Vegas, right? Did you know Did you know about it then? I was in Vegas, but I did not know about it. Oh, okay. I knew they have a football team. I didn't know they were also getting a hockey team. Yeah, yeah. So they're getting the Las Vegas Knights. And um, so whenever a expansion team happens, there's an expansion draft. So that means the Las Vegas Knights are going to have to... They have to pick one player from every team. So, like, we're going to talk about the Red Wings because that's all we're concerned about. Um, so the Red Wings, you get to protect, I think, ten players... Um, so they protected 10 players, but the big news of the players they didn't protect was they did not protect Mrazek. Yeah, I saw that. And they did protect Jimmy Howard, which a lot of people are shitting on them for that because... He's older, right? Jimmy Howard's older, yeah. And, and he's not even the starter? I mean, they're, they're, they go back and forth because they're both pretty much the same level, but Jim, or Mrazek's so much younger, he's got more potential to grow. And... Especially because of the where the where the Red Wings are now, they kind of need to be bad for a few years to get good again. Because they've made the playoffs for, other than last year, twenty five straight years, 
like this is the first time in both of our lives that they didn't make right. the playoffs. How many players are on a hockey team roster? You know? Oh gosh, I mean hockey is also my least known sport. Um, I'm but, just wondering because like how there's thirty something teams in the league, I would guess. There's uh yeah, Las Vegas would be thirty one, so there's thirty players they get to select, and so they they just pick the their best player that they want from each team. Right. The thing is, I'm not sure if they'll take Mrazek. Um, the only way they'll take him is if they want to trade him with another team because um, Marc-Andre Fleury, they're going to take him because he's the best goalie because Pittsburgh has the Murray goalie who's better than Fleury, but Fleury's still good. So a lot of people are asking the question, though, would you rather be in the Los Angeles Knights position or the Detroit Red Wings? And it seems like it might be better to be in the expansion team because the Red Wings are just in a dark place right now. Yeah, it doesn't seem like we have that much going on. So it looks like the uh, the roster is about 23-man limit. So what happens to those other players? Do they just go play for the farm team? or I think that's what would happen, yeah. I'm, I mean, I can't tell you for sure. Maybe they'll get cut and be free agents, but that... Doesn't make sense. They probably they have to go to the farm team because it's not fair for like a team not to lose a player, you know. Right. I don't know the Red Wings. Um, who's our top guy now? I'm not even sure. Oh uh, well, Zetterberg probably still, but we have Larkin. Right. Larkin had a really bad season last year. He had a really good rookie year, but really bad last year. I don't know. We we got some issues. I'm projecting that the Knights will take Riley Sheehan from us. Because he did, he only scored one goal last year, and it happened to be the last goal at Joe Lewis. But uh, he shows potential before, and I don't know. I think that I think that they'll see something in him. And I heard that they could get, they could have traded him earlier last year and got some stuff. But who knows? Uh, that's about all I really know to talk about for hockey. Um, and the Penguins won, right? The Penguins won, um, unfortunately. I was rooting for them. I got friends from from PA, so yeah, yeah. I I went to Nashville once. I loved it there, and uh, I don't like Sidney Crosby because I don't know. Like, did you see what he did to PK Subban? I did not. Oh boy, he just like slammed his head into the ground like four times, and they didn't even give him a penalty or suspend him. It was oh. it was crazy. That's what you get when you uh, <laughs> when one of the best players in the league gets to get away with some stuff. Well, P.K. Subban is, too. Unless you're Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tom Brady doesn't matter because he's good enough. All right. Well, um, hold on a second. Let's move on. Sorry, I'm just going to expand this so we know where we are at. Um, all right. So we can talk about basketball. So uh, I believe the NBA draft is this Thursday. Um, a big thing happened. Uh, the So Boston had the number one pick because they... In the previous years, they traded, uh, like, I think Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett to the Brooklyn Nets to get, like, their number one pick for, like, the next two or three years. So, they, Brooklyn was, like, the worst team. Brooklyn got the number one pick, so Boston gets it. Boston was the top team in the uh, East Conference this year. But, Boston just traded with Philadelphia, so they swapped picks. Philadelphia picked third, so now Boston moved back to three spot. Philadelphia's up to one, and I think Philadelphia lost their one next year. I'm not positive. Yeah, they lost the first round. Yeah. Um, I don't know what year, but it was a future first round pick. Right. So, Boston is probably 
Um, I'm not sure who they drafted. There was a top couple of guys, but I'm pretty sure Philadelphia is moving up to take Fultz, who is the projected number one pick. I don't know much about him. I don't think. I'm not. I don't know much about him. What are the Lakers picking though? Are they picking second? Lakers are still picking second, but. So if they don't. They might not even go with Ball, from what I've been hearing. So right, right. They shouldn't can, go with Ball. That means maybe the Celtics are moving back to take Ball. Maybe they know something. No. But either way, I think it's a great trade for them. They pick up another first round pick. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they're not sold on this guy, um, then you might as well move back two spots. Right. I think um, there's rumors that they trade it back to acquire another pick to try to trade. Uh, Chicago for Jimmy Butler, who is like one of the best players in the game right now. He's like one of the best two-way players, so like that's what you kind of need to go against LeBron and his and Kyrie, and then especially to go against uh, Durant and Curry and Clay Thompson and all them. But um, we don't know if that's going to happen. The I believe the general manager of Boston said that he thinks that the player that they were going to take at one was still going to be there at three. Anyway, which I think many people think is this guy named Josh Jackson. Jackson, not sure what he does. But the really interesting thing is, what if the Lakers don't take Alonzo Ball at two? Because they were talking about trading that away. And <laughs> Alonzo Ball is refusing to work out for anybody else except for the Lakers. Because he's an idiot. Well, maybe he's not an idiot, but his dad is an idiot. Well, I, I, I think... That no team's not gonna draft him because he didn't work out. From my understanding, I was, um, I was, and I was watching this. I don't know if it was Sports Center or what it was, but they were talking that these workouts are one on one, or not, they're just one. It's just you. So they're going around shooting and dribbling. Like that doesn't really show how good of a player you are. So basically, they're for show. Right. And, right. I mean, yeah, they are. And I think part of the reason to that you know. Baller's brand, uh, or whatever, they're not That's working right. out for the Celtics is so that they can say, oh, we didn't want to go to the Celtics anyway just because he's not going to be the number one pick. So it's kind of like a uh, a strategy like, oh, let's just go for that number two. Plus, I think he probably wants to play in L.A. anyway. Right, well, he went to he went to UCLA, so that would make sense. Um, I guess I never thought about him. That's interesting. Because if you know you're not going to go number one anyway, why... I don't. Does, don't you feel like it's rude if they request to work you out and you don't? I think it's rude, but I think it's genius on the part of the Ball family to just say okay. we're not gonna go because we're not gonna be number one anyway, and we're gonna pretend like we're the best player, or we're gonna keep believing that we are, and we're not gonna work out for this team. Tell you what, though, if Lonzo comes in wherever he goes, and he comes out shooting and doing really good, there's gonna be a new enemy. A new villain in the NBA because everyone's going to be rooting against this kid because of his dad. Because his dad thinks he can beat Michael Jordan one-on-one. Because his dad refused to sign a shoe deal with Nike because they didn't give him like a ridiculous amount of money. So now he's charging $300 for a pair of the baller brand shoes. Which look like fucking normal shoes. What is it called? Big Ballers? Yeah, Big Ballers. He's got, Big he's got, Baller brand? Yeah, he's got two other sons. I know he was trying to sell that deal, and I, I feel like... I, I don't know. If, if Ball is good and his brothers are good, that might be a, like a good deal for someone. But, I mean, Braun doesn't even get that kind of money. So Right, but I'm just saying, like, 
I mean, all right, so let's pretend the Lakers don't take him. They trade away. The lowest he probably goes is four, which I believe is Phoenix. I hope he goes to Phoenix. That'd be cool. Phoenix, I mean, they got... Are you Are you secretly a Lonzo Ball fan? You kind of you like him? I think he's a good player. Um, you like the story a little bit. It's juicy. We know it's juicy. Yeah, I like the story. I think Phoenix needs uh, more players. I, I think they have Booker, I think, is their big Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. And he's really good. He but... scored, like, I don't know, an absurd amount of points in one game. I don't want to say 80, but I think it might have been 80. But they need some help. I mean, Phoenix, our sports out there, is, it's, it's not very good right now. I mean, we got the Cardinals are slipping. Coyotes are garbage and have, like, always been garbage. And the Diamondbacks, well, the Diamondbacks are actually doing good right now, I think. You guys are, Phoenix and Detroit are pretty similar. we got two teams in uh, purgatory, one team with potential, and one team that's just garbage. Or not garbage, just too old to uh, just, just pass their time. As in, the Tigers and the Cardinals. They're both just getting up there too old to be championship contenders, but they're still good. Yeah. I don't know. The Cardinals, I, I, they have David Johnson. and I Right. That dude is a monster. Yeah, but the, the the Vikings had Adrian Peterson for all those years, and the only time they did good was when they That's had true. a quarterback, which was Brett Favre. And Palmer I don't maybe know, I don't has, know if he's got it anymore. Maybe one more year, but... I don't know. This is like their last chance, I think, to win a Super Bowl, realistically. And I don't think it's that even that realistic. Why? It's like they say to the Tigers right now, yeah. that this is their last chance to win a World Series. I don't even think we're 500 no, right we're now. No, we're not. We're doing bad. I think we're actually on right now. I don't, I don't, this is the first time in weeks I don't have a sport on the TV because it's the first time without <laughs> basketball or hockey, so. But. Yeah, this is the worst time for sports, but. This is the time to start doing mock drafts and looking forward towards fantasy yep. football. Fantasy football time is right around the corner, Dylan. Nice segue. Uh, so the biggest football news this week was that Eric Decker, a former New York Jet, has signed with the Tennessee Titans. Not sure for how long, not sure for how much, but what do you think this means for the Titans and their prospects this season? I like the Titans. I think they are a team that within the next three years, could make a Super Bowl run. Um, I kind of agree. Well, I, well, we'll see. I'm, I, I think they're in competition to win the division this year, for sure. They're probably the favorites. Right. And, I mean, they're not going to beat the Patriots, unless it's... I mean, they could. I don't see how you beat the Patriots, but we'll get to them. It's later. the NFL. You can win a game in the playoffs. They would only need to win one against them, along with the others, of course. But right. I don't know... I, I don't know. DeMarco Murray is getting old, but Derrick Henry... Is he, though? How old good. is he? I think he's 30. So not that old. But running backs, you know, once they get over 30, it's kind of like, you don't know. Um, Mariota looked promising last year. And he's, this is be his third year, right? I think so. And their defense, I mean, wasn't bad. I, and, you know, I think Eric Decker will be the number one wide receiver. Um, I, I don't know. I really like Eric Decker. Well, what do you think about Rashard Matthews and Corey Davis? Corey Davis, if you didn't know, is the he was drafted five overall. He's the receiver from Western Michigan. Oh, I totally forgot that he was even on the team. Yeah, um, so they're kind of stacked at receivers, I he's, think. He's the one who's ridiculously fast, right? No, he's like the biggest one. Oh, he's the bigger one. Um, the fast guy, we'll talk about him, but he, he went to Cincinnati, John Ross. But he, I think he had surgery, too. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think Decker will still be the number one, especially in the red zone. Uh, 
for fantasy purposes, for sure. I don't know. Decker just has a knack for getting open down there. Yeah, um, I think that's a a good a good gamble for him to be the best. But I had Richard Matthews on my fantasy team last year, and I don't know. He kind of tore it up at the end. You know, just look at think about this, Dylan. They got Eric Decker, proven consistent. Uh, Richard Matthews. Uh, who is, I mean, if he's going to be their third, that's a great number how, three. How did Richard do last year? What were, what were his numbers? I, I can't remember. I'm not sure, but I know he scored like 10 points a game for me on fantasy, so I'm assuming he did okay. I think he was a touchdown catcher. Then they have Corey Davis, the number one rookie wideout. They have Delaney Walker. Delaney Walker, DeMarco Murray, and Derrick Henry. And I think their offensive line is relatively good, too. Yeah, well, they did draft Larry Tunsil, the weed-smoking guy with the gas mask a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> how's he, how, did he, how did he do last year? Uh, I'm actually not sure, but I'm guessing okay because I didn't hear anything negative about him. Right. So. And uh, DeMarco Murray is 29 right now. Yeah, so I don't know. This team... Derrick Henry is only 22. Right, Derrick Henry was a rookie last year. So I think... I don't know. If we look over here at our division board, um, I don't, I don't, I don't see any other team that can beat them even. And I'm a Colts fan. I don't think they can match that. If yeah. Mariota plays like, develops, takes another step forward. What do you think? I don't. I don't the know. Texans. I, they have. Who do they draft? What court? I'll look up what they draft. They have a great defense, and that. Is what is keeping them alive. Uh, if they can work out that offense this year, um, and they got who do they have at quarterback right now? That's what I'm looking up right now. I can't because um, I know they, they. I think Tom Savage is their starter, but I know they drafted somebody. Oh, oh, this is the wild card. They drafted Deshaun Watson, a quarterback from Clemson that won the national title. Yeah. What, what who did they draft? Oh, who I like First him. round? Yeah. 12, I think 12 overall. They traded up or back, or maybe that's where they were. No, they had to trade it up because they were in the playoffs. I don't know. That defense is so strong. Um, you know, you got J.J. Yeah. J. Watt. Sometimes and, I forget about defense because I'm just all about fantasy right now. And you also have, um, who's their other lineman, lineman that's really, really good besides J.J. Watt? Is it, um, uh, wait, they don't still have Vince Wilford, do they? No, he's, an, <laughs> he's another end. He's a, he's a dominant player. Um, I just can't, for the life of me, think of what his name is. Once I once I know what he will. They also have a um, Cushing, right? Don't they have Brian Cushing? Yeah, is he back? I'm not sure if they still do. They might. But I don't know. Um, well, we gotta say that the Tennessee has a shot, though. I mean, Houston's record was not the. You're not gonna win anything without a quarterback. We can both. What's the what's the team that won a Super Bowl with the worst quarterback? In in recent memories, so like the last uh, I don't know seventeen years. Uh, there's been worse. Who was the Ravens quarterback when they won? Was that um, Joe Flacco? Trent Dilfer. Trent Dilfer. Oh, the first time they won. Maybe in, Trent. Two thousand. Yeah, maybe you might be able to say. Uh, no, you can't. I don't think you can say Eli Man. Maybe. He's probably top top four worst quarterbacks that have won the Super Bowl recently in the last twenty years. Seventeen years, sorry, we're saying seventeen because I don't I didn't watch football before two thousand. Um, what about uh, Joe Flacco? 
Yeah, Joe Flacco, I mean, he got that huge contract. And well, quarterbacks, if, if you are decent, you're getting money, and you're going to stay. Like Stafford, who interesting thing about Matthew Stafford, he might, assuming he gets paid by the Lions again, he will probably set a record unbeatable, as in player paid the most money ever, because he was like the second-to-last player ever to get that monster rookie deal that they used to have before they adjusted for it. He'll have the biggest contract? Like, he'll, he'll have made the most money. As as a quarterback? As a player. Oh, wow. In the history. Cause, because two years after, he was, it was him and then Sam Bradford. And then they made the, they had the, almost had the lockout. And then they made the rookie deals, like, structured. So, like, you can't pay the first pick, like, an absurd amount of money. Right. Who else was with him in that? Bradford? Yeah. Oh, God. Bradford, no, Bradford doesn't get the same kind of money that Stafford gets. He's gotten so much money. It's been, it's just and, yeah, and he's been a pretty shitty quarterback. And Stafford's been good. I think he's he's probably been top 50 quarterbacks all time. Maybe? I don't know. That's a stretch. I but, think so. But uh, I'm the, older. The Texans end that we were thinking of was uh, Jadavion Clown. Oh, fuck. The first pick a couple years ago. Yeah, that's who it was. And they do have Brian Cushing. But he's been, Clowney's been hurt. Right, but he's, you know, that's still a big... I mean, imagine if those two had come together. Oh, boy. Yeah, and then Brian Cushing in the middle. Um, but still, you can't you can't get... Or they, they run a 3-4, I think, don't they? Yeah, they do. But you can't, you can't win anything without a quarterback. Especially without at least a semi... Like, you have to have at least Alex Smith. If you want to win something. Yeah, so the, their quarterbacks are Tom Savage, Deshaun Watson, and Brandon Whedon. Yeah, so... Um, and they got another rookie, Zach Connick. They'll probably start Savage, and then four games in, after they go like 500 or something, they'll start Deshaun Watson. And he'll have just a normal rookie year, not do too great, but not do too bad, because he's riding on a strong defense. You know what? We're Lions fans, uh, me and Dylan, because we grew up here. Gosh, we've had one year of our whole lives where the Lions had, like, a stellar defense. It was great. Yeah. That was the best. It was exciting to watch, because it's like, you know, especially because we had Sue. Sue and Fairley when he was still, like... It was just... And Sue was aggressive, too, so mm-hmm. it was just so exciting. Especially being... We had season tickets, so it was just a... Yeah. It's a great atmosphere. It's great to have a good defense... When you go to the game, yeah, because it's the when you're when you're at the game, defense is the most fun thing to watch because you get to stand up and scream. Oh boy, uh, oh man! I just I can't I want to go to a Seattle Seahawks game and just see the energy that is there. Although that might be fading now here, that it seems like their you know their their peak is. Their, their, their peak is past. Yeah, I still mean, I think last week, uh, me and Brian looked at, we're looking at this and like doing our guarantees to win their division and the Seahawks were, we picked three guarantees. They were the Patriots, the Cowboys, and the Seahawks. The rest we can't guarantee, but we also said that probably the majority of people that aren't Lions fans would say the Packers are guaranteed to win. See, I think Packers are more in question. I would say yeah, I think the Cowboys are more likely to... I know that doesn't happen in the East, but I think the Cowboys are more likely to, to be a guarantee than the Seahawks. Oh, I agree. The Seahawks, I just... 
I just see the Rams and they're terrible. Don't have a quarterback. I see the 49ers. Horrible. Terrible. Don't have a quarterback. And the it's Cardinals really, yeah. are just like they got wild card. They got wild card or bust written all over them. I I don't know. I just because you have David Johnson. I know, but think about not last year. Think about the year before last year. That team went thirteen and three. That was even David Johnson didn't even play until the last four games of that mm-hmm. year. If Carson Palmer can go back to some shell of what he was, or if Bruce Arians can can get that offense uh, back on track and their defense well, can get back, then yeah. I feel like they could still be a Super Bowl contender next. Well, year. hey, I will say Bruce Arians is my favorite coach in the league. Um, I liked him when he when he was a. Uh, Assistant coach for the Colts because they were fucking awesome then, um, but uh, that year when they went thirteen and three, they had John Brown performing well before he was diagnosed with sickle cell. They had Michael Floyd performing well before he turned into a trash bag, and your Larry Fitzgerald was two years younger. Which I'm not saying that he's going to be bad now, but I'm just saying Carson Palmer and Larry Fitzgerald are older. David Johnson, yes, he's getting into his prime. Their defense can't be better than that season. I think Seattle's got young Russell Wilson, Jimmy Graham, and just Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett with another year on him. Can can Russ carry the load without a stellar run game? I I think so. I I think last year he, he struggled because he was hurt. But this year he'll be healthy. I mean, assuming he's healthy. I guess we'll see. But... Yeah, I don't know. I guess I'd say the Cardinals are the only threat, but it's not yeah, a super sure. scary threat, sure. you know? It's probably like what Green and Bay... I, so Detroit is the Green Bay. It's probably like that, except for Detroit is a lot younger and a lot more volatile. Did you say the Steelers were a lock? No. I think the Steelers are a lock to win that division. I think they're the favorites, but I really like Joe Mixon this year. For uh, the Bengals? Yeah, well, I, I guess, I don't know, it hurts the Bengals now, they, they're a rookie, they got John Ross, they're a rookie, the really fast wide receiver that I think might be the next Antonio Brown. Um, he's hurt, I'm, I think he's hurt pretty seriously, I'm not sure, I'll have to look it up, but uh, the Ravens got Jeremy Macklin. So who were your three locks in? The, the Patriots, the Cowboys, and the Seahawks. Okay. Otherwise, I can't. I can't tell you. I mean, I feel like Atlanta. I feel like I, I don't like, know. I feel like the playoffs are almost set already. Well, everyone <laughs> was saying the same thing that they're saying about Atlanta last year, but about Carolina. This is true. This is true. But then Carolina is would turned out to be garbage, and it's because and, of how. And then Atlanta got their, like the worst kind of loss you can have in a Super Bowl happen to them. Who's your uh, sleeper team of the year? Who do you think is going to make some noise that didn't last year? So let's say... Can't uh, pick a team. So no one in first or second place in their division. Okay, so someone that didn't make the playoffs. And who didn't even come close. Okay. Who's going to flip the script this year? I see. Okay, I can give you... I'll give you one from the NFC and one from the AFC, okay? Uh, Okay, so I'm more confident about the NFC one. But still not that confident. They can't. They they could not have come in first or second, right? Yes. Guess who I'm gonna pick? Uh, NFC. Carolina. Nope. The Eagles. They have Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, they got Alshon Jeffrey. They added a bunch of receivers. Oh god, I gotta look it up who they have. 
But Carson I, Wentz in another year, and he looked pretty good his first year. And um, they added Alshon Jeffrey, but they only added him for one year. And uh, I think that's going to make Alshon Jeffrey have to play harder than he's normally going to have to. So then you have them at a wild card above the Giants? Um, or do you have them winning that division? I mean, just because I picked them as a sleeper doesn't mean I think that they're going to win. But, yeah, I think... Uh, I don't want to say this. I... I will sit, go as far as to say that they will battle the Giants for the second, for this, for one of the wild cards. Only the battle of the Lions or battle of the Bucks. I gotta say, I disagree. Um, even with the new players, I think the Giants added just as 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 many. That offense. I mean, this is this is the time for Eli to show. That he is has potential to maybe push for a Hall of Fame uh, submission. This has been the not. time for Eli all the time. If Eli doesn't do it this time, he's going to be shit on because he's got sure. two really good wide receivers. Well, they have a great defense. I actually think the Giants, this could be a year that... And I, I'm a little biased because I'm, I'm a fan of them. Uh, they push for the Super Bowl. That defense is really good. Eli can get the offense going, then they'll be doing that. But I'll take uh, the Panthers to turn their team around and uh, win that division or come in second and make a wild card. All right, we are running out of time real quick. So in the AFC, what do you think? Uh, it's a little trickier. Um, I think the obvious pick would be probably the Bengals. But um, let's see. I'll, I'll go. I'll go with uh. Let's. Just, I don't know. Gives a gut feeling, maybe. Um. Is Rex Rex is Rex out of the Bills? Was did they move on from him? Yes. I, I'll go with the Bills. Let's say the Bills get a wild card spot. Okay, I'm gonna go with the Chargers. I'll see the Chargers. Um, can. Uh, I think the Raiders win that division, and the Chargers. I think they have a chance to come in second. Uh, they'll be the team the LA actually likes. Uh, but uh, we have we have still have time. But before we transition, I want to talk for the rest of the time about the Lions. The Lions just uh, did you heard about Taylor Decker, right? Yes. So they lost Taylor Decker, but then they made a trade. They traded the Rams a sixth round pick for Greg Robinson, a former second overall pick, left tackle in the draft. How old is he though? He's the, he came out the same year as Ziggy, I believe. So he is, um, I don't know how old, but it's a, this would be his fourth, or his fourth, fourth or fifth year. From what I was reading, he was one of the worst linemen he was, in the He was league. definitely one of the worst rated. Uh, in the last few years. Right, but here's some things to note about it. Um, he was drafted second overall, so that just doesn't happen for no reason. Um, he was drafted to the Rams, and I believe Jeff Fisher... Uh, probably one of the worst coaches in recent memory. I think he has the most losses. Or worst percentage winning percentage. I know he went to the Super Bowl once with the Titans, right? Yeah. But then he, when he went to the Rams, he was just garbage. And, ugh, I mean, we'll get in. We, we, don't, we don't need to get into the fact that he wasn't fired because he's white. But uh, that's why he wasn't fired. <laughs> he's terrible. Um, so, but we get him. He's one of the worst rated players. But we had 
um, some really good coaches, like really good development coaches. I don't know if Jim Caldwell's that great of a game time manager, but I mean, we can develop him. And he was already transitioning to guard uh, before this. So let's say one of our guard goes down, one of our guards go down and he's like going to play guard, which is an easier position than left tackle. So if you got the body of a left tackle and you're playing guard, I think that could be really beneficial. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad move to uh, make uh, the change. I think Quinn's doing a really good job in his role. It's better to do something rather than just wait and see if it goes wrong. And and it's what I like to see. It's something that we haven't had here in Detroit for a while. It's a proactive GM. Right. Well, yeah, I know. It's it's super exciting. Um, The Lions are the only Detroit team with hope left remaining. Sorry, Pistons and Red Wings, but you're in purgatory. We're moving on. Beer number two, entertainment. All right, on to the second beer of the night. Um, going down smooth as hell. Um, so we are on the entertainment segment. And what's on these bottle caps? Is it like a? I'm not sure. It looks like um, like almost like, like a half of a human body with a like just weird, feet. Uh, weird halo crown around it. So it appears to be a torso. With no, no, legs no. and a ring around the rosy type rose thing around the top. It's a cool little bit of artwork. Yeah. This is shorts. I think it's the same for all the shorts. Um, okay, so for entertainment tonight, um, we have been thinking about what to talk about. And we think for the majority of the time, we want to talk about the new season of The Orange is the New Black. But, Dylan, before we dive into that, is there anything else... You think you want to talk about? Um, I'm not exactly sure what shows that we both know. Well, just shout some out. Oh, I know you're a hey. fan of uh, House of Cards. Yeah, I just finished the fifth season of House of Cards, which I think was uh, was amazing. I, I my only concern about talking about this is hopefully we don't spoil anything okay, for you. Just guys. so everyone that's listening, spoiler alert: we're gonna spoil everything. Yeah, we're going to be doing some spoils. Um, I watched the first episode of The Leftovers, so that was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, I like uh, that. I won't I won't spoil that for you. But. I'll tell you what, I finally came around to watching Captain America Civil War. I thought it was one of the worst superhero movies. Really? I've seen. i never seen it, but I, I hear that was one of the best ones. I, to be honest... Patrick, I, Patrick, our cousin Patrick told me that was the best one. To be honest, I, I fell asleep. <laughs> uh, so I, I made it through about a little over half of it, and I just, I, I don't know. I, I, it was all action, <laughs> and I just couldn't, I couldn't get into it. It was superheroes fighting superheroes for pretty stupid reasons. Well, Dylan, it's like whatever super, every superhero movie is, like Wonder Woman that we saw. I mean, I guess there was some character development, but it still boils down to a fucking superhero movie. It's the only good ones... That I've seen, and I've, we've talked about this in the podcast before, but let's reiterate it. Guardians of the Galaxy, funny. Have you seen the second one? Yeah. I thought that was good, too. Good music, uh, adorable. Chris Pratt's really great. Um, Deadpool, it's rated R, it's awesome. And the newest Wolverine, rated R, pretty cool. I haven't seen that one. You should watch that. But, um, yeah, All right, any, anything else? We'll see if, it, if anything comes up. Uh, in conversation 
Okay. Move to that. But we're we're going to start with Orange is New Black. Yep. All right. Kimmy, so, we can talk about Kimmy Schmidt and how I think it's one of the most overrated shows on Netflix. Yeah. Um, I, I think that... I don't know. Um, what's her name? The, the producer. Oh, Tina Fey? Tina, I, I'm not a big fan of Tina Fey. Oh, really? I don't know. I just... Her style of comedy is lost on me lately, so... Yeah, I think her style of comedy is better suited for movies and things that aren't going to have, like, you know, over 20 hours of footage, you know? Right. Like, Kimmy Schmidt is going on a lot. First season was great. I loved the first season. And that's... You did, too. That's the reason you keep watching it. But, you know, her style of comedy is more meant for, I believe, like, uh, movies or something. But I really like... I really like Tina Fey. I don't want to trash on her at all, but... I don't know. I just, she's uh, not the only writer. For I know Schmidt. she's not. She's not. But just the Thirty Rock, I wasn't a big fan of that either. So I know yeah. she was on there. I don't think she was a producer for that though. She, uh, she probably eventually was because I think that's what started her career. Maybe I don't know. I'm talking on my ass a little bit. Let's <laughs> let's, let's get into Orange is the New Black. What is it, season five? Yep, uh, season five. Of Orange is the New Black uh, premiered last Friday. I mean, did I watch it that quick? Probably. No, Friday before last. Uh, the night. Right, and the, it, what we should also address is that the hackers had uh, episodes, what, two through seven available online. Did they? Yeah. They had, they, you didn't hear about this? I heard something. I didn't, I thought it was just episode two. No, I think it was like five of the middle episodes. Maybe it was just oh. episode two, but regardless, what is insane is. I couldn't imagine watching this season without seeing the first episode. Right, yeah. Who's going to watch it from the second when you can wait one or two days later? Right. In the first episode, if you did watch it from the second, like, you couldn't wait. You missed out on a lot <laughs> of stuff. Yeah, so this whole season, basically, it takes place in three day over the course of three days. And it's, it's just about um, a prison riot and the prisoners taking over the prison and, you know, trying to... Uh, negotiate demands for right. the release of the hostages which are the guards but uh overall dylan before we dive into what actually happened during it what did you think of this season i thought it was one of the better ones uh but not i don't think it was the best like they've had some i can't remember which seasons i think it was season three it wasn't very good but mm-hmm. i think this season had a lot of action i don't like the way it ended i i don't think it wrapped anything up um, which was probably the point of a TV show to leave a cliffhanger, but it was like, okay, you drew out this riot, finished the riot. Yeah, um, I guess I, I kind of, I agree with you, but I still think it's the best season of the show. But, yeah, I thought it was very, I don't know, I didn't like how the demands weren't met with that one one to we guess we can get to that in a second but i didn't like how tasty didn't just go through with what was proposed to her and i thought that was just out of bounds and there's no way that would have actually happened i wish like it got it got to the conclusion it got to in a different way like with them manipulating the prisoners or something right but i we'll get to that in a second but i would say it is it was the best season and a lot of this reason was because of um, how Tasty took control of shit. And, oh God, I gotta look her up. But that actress for Tasty 
is so good. Yeah, and I, I thought the the season was more was really this whole show. I think part of it is because you know Piper is a, a real person in real life. I'm not sure if you knew this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure none of this happened, but right. Um, she, I think the point of this show, part of it is to really raise awareness of the private prison corporations going on in our mm. country right now, and I think this season really tackled a lot of those issues. Um, well, this season combined with last season, because yeah. last season was more about the private prison. Yeah. And by um, the way, sorry, uh, Tasty, she's played by Danielle Brooks. Someone give her an Emmy for her performance, because some of the th- scenes just like almost had me in tears because of how fucking good she was at it. Yeah, she's great. And this season has a lot of things going on that really make you like, I feel like there's a lot of moral situations happening that really question like, um, uh, right. what's her name? Um, the girl who used to be really evangelical and now she's not. Um, Is it you know, Pansatucky? Pansatucky. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How she's kind of like falling back in love with a gentleman uh, who... Who raped her. Who raped her, but didn't really know he was raping her kind of thing. Um, okay, you knew. <laughs> but go on. Um, it, it's just, it's, you know, it pulls at your, your moral strings and makes you really think, like, is this, you know, but, like, is this something... Because, like, I feel like I found myself rooting for that couple in a way, but at the same time, I was like, this guy did something that was terrible. Right. I right. think, like, I, I mean, my perspective is, like, he just... Was super uneducated, really no idea what consent was or really any of that, but she still likes him. And it's just really like, I think, like, like in terms of that, um, I think that the audience is meant to be represented through Boo because, uh, Boo's like, Donner, what the fuck are you doing? And like, like, trying to threaten this guard that raped her. And he did rape her. (laughs) No, he did for sure. But I don't, I don't think either Ponsatucky, because like they went through that whole thing, or uh, this guard knew really what consent was. And I think it's kind of this representation that as a society, we're not teaching yeah, yeah. children we wh- didn't you what teach- it is. Right. It's like, it's because Ponsatucky probably did want to have sex with him, but not under those terms. And so that's why it's not, it's not no means no. It's yes means yes. Exactly. Right. And uh, Boo represents the whole... How everyone was watching it. Because I think Orange Juliet Black got a little bit of cr- criticism for, like... Like, not going against rape as much as it did. Because they kind of still end up together. Yeah. And uh, I, don't, I that's, like, one of my only criticisms. Because... I don't know. It's really hard for me to look past, like, someone being okay with that. Like, how Pensatucky can... Just, like, set that aside. I feel like that's super traumatic for a person. No, I, I think so, too. It's, and then that's that's part of the thing that makes the show so good is mm-hmm. that it really... It makes you question, like, this situation. And, and right. Because the way he responds afterwards is, like... It seems like... Because like, they have that whole scene where it's like, you're going to let me lead, you know, or... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it seems like he really cares about her. He does regret it, yeah. And he regrets it, and it's kind of like... It's it's like a moral dilemma, which is just... Right. That's that's what makes the show so good. There's so many of them, you know, in the show. Right, the only other weird thing about that was when he was watching her, like, masturbate through the ceiling. 
Yeah. I, I, was, I, was, I was like, what? Why are they showing this? I don't want to see this. Is he gonna, I was like, oh, God, he's, he's going to turn bad again. And he didn't, though. Right, yeah, he didn't. And I don't know. It's a... It's a impossibly... Well, first of all, because it... It's... Besides the fact that it was rape, it's technically still rape because it's a prison guard against an inmate. Oh, yeah, using that position of power. Right. Yeah, it'd be like, you know, the president going out and, like, grabbing a vagina without even asking or something. <laughs> <laughs> Of course that's never. <laughs> of course that has never happened. Uh, even though that's a, apparently you're, he's bragging. You know. How is there like, that? Not there's no issues with that. We'll get to that in the next segment. Um, I don't know what's going on in this country, man. <laughs> right. Well, we do know what's going on in Orange Is the New Black. Um, so, what are your some of your favorite moments from this season? I'm sure you liked the part where they got tackies. I thought that was interesting. Um, uh, right. If listeners, if you've never had a chili lime flavored taki, man, there is not a saltier thing on this planet. Right, and it turns out when you like you first start eating them, like they're horrible. They taste terrible. Yes. But if you keep eating them, you just gotta <laughs> keep eating. Them. Then they turn into this like addictive thing. And I I, I teach uh, seventh grade and. Um, in like inner city Phoenix, Maryville, if you're familiar with the area. And I have kids eating Takis and Hot Cheetos all day and for breakfast. You know, they'll be eating it before school. And, you know, 93% of my district is Hispanic. I don't know if that plays into it, but I would say more of the poverty situation. Right, yeah. Kind of like oranges and new black, I think. You know, because so many... Um, People in the prison system are in poverty before they get there. And the show does a good job of showing that. Mm -hmm. uh, these kind of dietary, these things that are not good for you, but that are cheaper than buying fruit or vegetables. They right. Inevitably, they like Takis more. But they are good. You should try them. Uh, <laughs> moderation is key, though. Yeah, yeah. I say don't try them. I mean, uh, uh, I had them with uh, one of my best friends, Sean. <laughs> we just like we got stoned and we were like daring each other to eat more of them because the first time we first time you try them it's such an intense flavor because it's just like you're eating more salt than you've ever ate and they're pretty hot i guess but it's overpowered by the saltiness but what this relates to oranges and new black <laughs> and they're actually i think better for you than hot cheetos now don't quote me on that but they're made out of corn and uh, they're, they're, they have less, believe it or not, I think they have a less, uh, of like the bad, uh, I don't know if it's saturated or whatever kind of fats that yeah. are not good for you or sugar and maybe even less sodium. That's something we should look up. If it has less sodium, I, I don't want to know what they use, but that's a uh, funny thing about that scene is cause Mitchell, uh, our other brother is Mitchell and he, I always remember him loving Flaming Hot Cheetos. And then I see the mean talk he's implemented. She was like. Shit, man, that's just like my brother's right there. <laughs> the two favorite snacks. So, um, to give you a recap, for those of you who do not watch the show, the reason they get those, uh, they make a list of demands and send them out to uh, the governor mm -hmm. uh, that they need in order to stop the riot. And one of the things on that list are hot Cheetos and Takis in the commissary. And so what they do is the governor tries to basically 
bypass their demands. Bribe them. Bribe them by giving them hot Cheetos and Takis. And then the prisoners kind of realize that and take them outside and burn them. Yeah, well, Tasty does. The rest of the prisoners are just eating them joyously. A Tasty and uh, uh, the other black people that are in, like, her certain division of the, the prison culture go and round them up, get them, and Piper joins uh, to help. What do you think about Pipe, the development of Piper's character in this show? I don't know. I think it's a little weak. Um, I'm, I, like, I'm honestly not that interested in her anymore. I find it strange uh, that she loves her husband, goes to prison. and I, I mean, I don't know how much time has passed since they don't do a very good job of making sure you know how long she's been there. She's been there a year, six months, or more than one year. But she's already doesn't even talk to him or bring him up at all. I think he only came up once this season. Yeah, and he wasn't at all in, like, I think the last two seasons. Right. And and now, um... I was so happy to see him in this season, though. I was like, oh, cool. I like that guy because he's from American Pie. So Right. And, and you know, Vox, right, is her name, or... Who? Fox. Fox. Oh, Voss. Voss. Alex Voss. Yeah, Alex Voss uh, is her girlfriend, or but and she was with her before, so that makes sense. It's just like, I feel like it's extreme to leave your husband that quickly, but maybe well, it's the prison. Well, to be fair, her husband left her. Right, but because she cheated on him. And I think that part of the story is real. Like from, not real, but like from... From uh, her actual life, yeah. Piper's actual life. yeah. Because uh, it was based off of the book, like you said earlier. But, um, I don't know. I just think, like, because in this season, spoiler alert, at the very end, she gets engaged to Alex. I thought that was weak. And I thought that was just throwing. Right. Like, why are you getting engaged? You're in prison you, right now. You didn't even do anything that romantic towards each other. Right. Like, you just did exactly what Alex didn't want you to do. And you come back and get engaged. Let's yeah, and they were off. They were off sync all season too, and it was kind of strange. Um, and I, yeah, now that I think not, about I, it, I think I might actually have liked last season more than this season. And I don't. Last like, season was. Oh, do you, do you, can you think of a favorite season of yours? Because last the, last season the first one. This was good, but last season though, with Pusey dying, and like that's when MCC comes in and all the. The the like. Uh, for profit Pescatella and, and whatnot. Yeah, I think that was like it was had the most yeah. depth. And then uh, one of the whole major themes of this season is like that Bailey was the one that killed Pusey. Yeah. But he was like also the most relatable and the nicest guard and the most innocent of the guards. And he's very throughout the season very very like repentive and mm-hmm. uh, very regretful of his decision. And he's trying to go and. Make her, he's kind of depressed, and what's and it's another one of those moral dilemmas is like you know he made this mistake of of killing this innocent prisoner, mm. and Tacy's wanting part of one of Tacy's demands is that he face justice. It's like her only demand that they won't meet. He's already suffering from that, you know. He's suffering. He wants like he, he was wants suffering to, worse without it. Right. He wants to die. If he if they brought him to jail, he would feel better. And that's one of the most powerful scenes in the show when at the end where he goes to visit Pusey's dad and he explains like that I'm not going to do anything to you. Your punishment is that you have to live with this for the rest of your life. 
and every day you're going to suffer from it. And I don't know, that makes my hair stand up and just couldn't imagine accidentally killing someone, but not just like a straight accident, just kind of because of you being a little bit of an imbecile. Like, right, but I mean, plus that scene was chaotic. Like there was a lot of, like that, the death is for me more of uh, Pescatella than it is mm-hmm. Bailey because of the way he made the prison vibe and, uh, you know, that's when they were all standing on the tables, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and they picked like the perfect character to die. Like that was. Right. She's like the one of the friendliest ones. Yeah, one of the most loved characters. Um, and then you know, taste. Oh, God, I what's just, her girlfriend's name? What's uh, Sozo? Sozo. I really like her character. Um, I did not like how much crap uh, Tasty gave her. Yeah. But I understand it. Right. Yeah, I definitely understand. It's like your best friend versus your girlfriend, you know? Right. Like, I don't know. I could see that if, like, uh, one of my best friends died and, like, I'm trying to, you know, <laughs> I can honestly see myself trying to outgrieve the significant other because, you know, there's th- not that, like, there's a better relationship between the two, but there's. A different aspect between each of those relationships and you're both going to grieve in different ways and not one is going to actually be more powerful than the other just i thought it was interesting how so many uh things that went wrong in the season could be blamed on the two meth head white girls and no one knew they were messing everything up yeah and true. they were just causing so many problems like those two are, are just horrible um, but the well, one, that's, that's why right at the end, when they, like, or when the uh, brunette met that, was, like, talking about how they realized, like, well, what if we're the bad guys? That's right. That was, like, a, basically a shout-out to you and people that thought that. And then they went and redeemed themselves a little bit, because that's going to play a huge role in the next season if there's no records. Right, that was a huge thing. Because, um, How are they going to even know anything? How are they going to know right. this girl from MCC is not an inmate? Everyone... Well, I think they could look into the records of MCC. Though, That's true. Yeah. They? yeah. But, I mean, it's, to it's me, it's crazy take a while to think that a prison wouldn't have a digital online record, you know. But I, it seems like that that's what they're leading to. The, well, it's my not, biggest yeah, okay, go ahead, go ahead. flaw with the season, and I think we kind of touched on this earlier, was the way... The hostages got released. Yeah. I just, that was like, and, and then this whole thing like, okay, this prison is rioting and there's nobody at the back gate. Like, yeah, that's kind of silly. They, they wouldn't just sit out front. <laughs> like prisoners could just leave. And then you'd have, you, they would have that place quarantined around the whole side. Yeah, that is, I mean, the only thing that serves its benefit is that is that it happened over like three days. Yeah, I mean, it, it, but it shouldn't take very long to set up a quarantine <laughs> around a prison. I mean, you have a prison riot going on. Uh, it just makes no sense, especially yeah. after they found out that shots were fired. Right, you know. I think I think uh, The Walking Dead uh, was quicker to surround the prison with the zombies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Orange is New Black did with actual people being paid to surround and protect a prison <laughs> it makes you think if there was an actual prison riot I, I don't know if they would let three days go by without at least sending in food 
I'm pretty sure there's been prison riots. I think they talked about it on the show, and I'm pretty sure they were true. Let me look them up real quick. But go ahead and uh, if there's anything else you want to say. Yeah, I thought the season was really well done, though. Um, I didn't realize it was only over the course of three days. I, th- I honestly thought it was a little bit longer than that. Um, yeah, I'm pretty so sure it only got dark, like, got dark, like uh, twice, so it went over three days. Right, No, and that makes sense. Um, and it was amazing at first, I, I think, to see that, that how it represented that, for the most part... Things got ran pretty well. It almost seemed like there were less fights uh, between the inmates during those three days than there were when there were guards around because there's less stress. And uh, it kind of reminds me or made me think of how Norway does their prisons and how there's a lot of freedom for their the people who are in prison. It's not uh, walking a straight line and here's your cell. And mm-hmm. I know in Orange and New Black, it's a minimum security prison. They don't have cells, but... I think having uh, so many or too many rules and shitty food, I think that just makes that environment. Makes everyone pissed off. Yeah. And, I don't know, makes things worse. And, I don't know. But uh, back to orange, back to more of uh, the show. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite parts of the season was when, uh, what are the two... The two uh, Mexican girls that are like starting the YouTube channel. Oh, Flores uh, and I don't remember. They were, but they're two uh, pretty, pretty girls. They're yeah. both Hispanic. One of my favorite parts was when, uh, oh God, I wish I remember everyone's name so fluently. But uh, who is the girl that Morello or that like or is in love with Morello, and she has red hair? Nikki, Nikki. Yes. When they do her makeup and no, like no, her no. hair. That's not that's not Nikki. Oh yes it is, it is. Yeah. yeah, when they do her makeup and her hair and the first time I saw that I was like, Who is this person? She looks so fucking different after they do her up, you know, like she is like I was so shocked. But that was so crazy seeing everyone after they uh I gave them a makeover and how much different they looked. I was like that's crazy, man. And then she was like that the whole rest of the season, and it was okay. I, I don't, for some reason, I saw her differently after that, and I shouldn't have. But right, no, I mean, I think it's like because they're all out of their element, no makeup. I mean, they're, they're in a I think that kind of speaks to the show, though. It's like they like put these actors in these compromising situations where they're not like how they probably look for every other thing they've ever done, you know. Like, they have less makeup, and they have makeup on them to make them worse. Like, the meth girls, they have makeup on their teeth to make their teeth look... Rotten. Rotten and shit. Like, I was listening to a podcast um, with uh, the girl that plays Piper, the girl that plays Tasty, the girl that plays Suzanne, and the girl that plays Punks, Punks of Tony. They were all on it. The girl who plays Suzanne, I don't know if she's won an Emmy, give her one. Mm-hmm. I just, that role, to me... Is amazing. Yeah, she did and, really good, and I, I liked to. I really liked how her character was in in this season. It just kind of made this issue of uh, talking about mental health and especially in a prison and and all of this. Right, and it kind of revealed more into why she's so messed up. You know. Yeah. Um. I so the the podcast I was saying was like talking with Chris Hardwick, and um, she was on it. She was talking about how 
She quit acting. The day, the day she quit acting, she got hired onto Orange is the New Black and decided not to quit acting. So she was like 24 hours away from not ever acting. And now she's probably going to do this for the rest of her life because she's fucking good at it. Yeah, she's really good at it. Uh, very convincing of the character, too. That's one of my favorite characters in the show, because it's just a wild card. You don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah, she's like probably one of the nicest characters, but also probably one of the scariest characters. I don't know. Um, who are your... Uh, who? Are your, let's give a top three favorite characters. On that show? Yeah. Um, uh, Pusey was one of them, but she's not there, so let's not include her... Um, I really like, and this isn't like, I don't know how to describe this, but the main characters are, are mostly just because of their roles or their acting style. Um, mm -hmm. the, like the kind of, she's kind of crazy. She's pregnant now. Morello. Morello. I just, I, she's just hilarious to watch <laughs> and she's always also a wild card. Um, and then, um, the, the girl who likes her. Nikki. Nikki is one of them. And then I would probably say this season, really, I don't know why, and this is kind of vague. Not Tasty, but the other uh, main girl. Cindy? I think. Cindy, yeah, she's kind of sassy. and Yeah, the, the, the bigger black girl, right? Yeah, she had that, that meme that they made. About yeah. <laughs> I just like her character. I think oh, I really like her a lot. Um, I don't think she makes it into my top three. Mine, definitely number one is Tasty. Uh, she did... God, I don't know. She is. She was so powerful. I I would say like actress. You know, I think she's a, one of the top ones. I just not taking yeah, she, the deal killed it for me. She did. She did fuck shit up there. Um, then I really like Nikki. Um, I just really like how how she is and how she. I'm so happy she didn't get back into drug use this season. Cause yeah. I would have been so worn out. But she. They gave her a new thing, which was uh, dealing with being in love with Morello, who wasn't in love with her back. And then she had to go and do the thing where she called uh, Vinny and tell told him that he needs that she's actually pregnant. She's not crazy. So that was like a, that was great. And then oh, let's see who would be my third. You know who I really like surprisingly this season, um, Martinez, the girl. That uh, kind of started the riot, but then at the end let her, all the guards oh, yeah. out. That kind of fucked over. Um, See, I didn't like her character. I just felt like her character was selfish. Like she wanted the riot when yeah. she thought she was in there for a long time, but once she realized she wasn't, she's just like, "Oh, I'm not." And then she screwed everything up. Yeah, I I know. I just like. I, I also like. I don't know. I just I just like to Pansatucky, Pansatucky. Is it how do you say? Yeah, Pansatucky. She's like you root for her. You know, she was such a, just such a bitch and an <laughs> asshole at the beginning of the show. I know. Like, I can't believe how much she's changed. And now she's like one of the most moral characters that there is, and she's repented and she realized she's learning and and you know I I really like her except. There is a flaw there that she's going back to the guard. Um, yeah. What do you think of... Um, uh, oh, fuck. What was I going to say? Um, what do you think of Alex? I just I, Alex and Piper, I feel like, are two of the worst characters I know. on the show. Well, that's the thing about the show, though, is that they kind of went away from that, which shows a lot of uh, realization. Like, you saw all of Weeds, right? Yes. 
Like, um, we, I think, focus too much on Nancy through the whole show. When uh, there's so much more interesting thing with all the other characters, but it always went back to Nancy. This I only say that because this is Genji Cohen's second show, because this is the. Did she do we? Yeah. Oh, we gotta move on. We're moving on to politics. Three politics. The president grabbed me. All right, everyone. Uh, Dylan, let's crack these beers. And um, I don't know. What do you want to talk about with politics? Well, I know that um, Otto. W will say because I don't know how to pronounce his last name that that student who went to North Korea just passed away. I don't know if you're familiar with this story. I'm very vaguely familiar. If you want to recap it for me, so what was his name again? Otto. Uh, it starts with a W. I, I don't. It's a strange last name. Um, Did Wa- he just warm beer? Yes, I think so. So he goes. He was a student, I believe. He was 22. He goes okay. to North Korea visit, which you can. You have to. Uh, it's they have really strict rules there, where you have to follow uh, a t- itinerary. You can't have internet or like, it, and you can't break the rules, or else you were gonna get fucked up. Um, so he goes there to tour, and I guess this is according to the North Korean government. So take that credibility as you will. Um, they found him taking down a, some kind of. Uh, banner in an employee only section of the hotel i believe so he wasn't following the rules and Mm -hmm. they have this video of him but i think it's kind of vague and um so because of that he got sentenced to 15 years in a prison labor camp and after some pressure from the u.s i think he was held for 17 months just recently he was returned to the united states with um, severe brain damage with severe brain damage in like a catatonic state and he just passed away. And now a lot of people are calling for the U.S. to do something about this. Um, what are your thoughts? Oh, man, like, what, what do I think the U.S. should do? Yeah, or, or should they do anything? Um, I don't think they should do any military strikes. I think that we need to just shun North Korea. Do we already? That's the, I mean, they have the most sanctions, I think, out of any country. Well, then just cut them out completely, I think. They are. I mean, besides, I think China is... Well, don't let people go there. So, like, we can ban our people from going there? Nah, I don't know. Because so, I always say that the, the best way to unite the world is to communicate with them. Um, maybe... <laughs> this might sound really stupid. Maybe uh, quadruple the amount of people from us that go there. See, I, don't, I mean, right now I know in, in South Korea, and for those of you who don't know, I, I spent uh, six months living there teaching English. I actually got a chance to tutor some North Koreans. Um, they, I know right now like there's projects going on where they send like USB drives of like American films and, and, and Western uh, culture on it to show them that... The, Everything they're learning in, in North Korea is a lie because the government literally has a, everything down to a T uh, told that it's from this family, mm-hmm. um, the Kims. But in regards to this, I think a lot of the responsibility kind of lies on Otto for going there. I mean, tourism, you're making an evil country money. I mean, I'm yeah. sympathetic to the parents and, and to him, and obviously North Korea shouldn't have done this, 
But at the same time, why go to a country and support what's going on there? Maybe it's curiosity, but if you go there, you best be on your best behavior. Yeah. You uh, know what's going to, could happen to you. And Well, then maybe, I guess no one got to talk to Otto after he did the stuff. Maybe he did it for a reason, and you know, he could be a martyr for this. But, I don't know, if... He, he, I, I found it hard to believe he didn't know what was going to happen to him if, if he, he did, did what, what they said he was doing. Right. And it's... I don't know. And, and this is... Again, the, and if you think about it, what North Korea is doing to their own citizens should be enraging enough. It shouldn't take uh, an American to go there as a tourist and not follow the rules and get killed. Like, there's... People are starving. People... There's there's so much going on there. I think there's like they're in their military. People are being raped all the time. Yeah, it's a fucked up place to live. Um, I'm pretty sure. I think the only reason it's not like uh, taken care of is their nuclear capabilities. Right, and Russia and China don't want some kind of a nuclear bomb explosion going off somewhere in their neck of the woods. Certainly, and, and uh, I think China is the only country that trades with them. That's how most North Koreans actually escape, is they go through the North Korea-China border. Cause so, hi. So let's say that there's no military option. We can't do anything like that. You got any ideas on like how to maybe educate the country and get rid of this? Get I rid mean, of this fucking dictator Kim Jong. Is it Un? Kim Jong Un. Yeah, Kim Jong Un. Right now, I think the best way would it, it's kind of like what we're doing. We're not doing it. I don't think governments are doing it. It's like nonprofits or sending information over there. Uh, if we were to take a government action, and there would be repercussions, I'm sure uh, North Korea would know is mm-hmm. is is hack maybe the North Korea uh, system and, and stop them from blocking or censoring their internet. So that people there could, or provide Wi-Fi somehow. I don't know if we have anything that can provide it and send signals to the country. Um, I don't know. It's tough. Because you got to convince people who are essentially brainwashed that they're not living in reality. Yeah. I mean, but what would just like entirely leaving them alone do? That's what we do besides China. Well, then why are they testing these missiles like near us to show that they still have power I mean they're not really testing it near us they're testing it near them mm. man I don't know it just I, sucks why does what? so what does like Kim Jong Un have to gain from doing this he holds power I think but you know, the thing is hold power. He, he's never gonna make an attack the second he makes an attack his power is gone there will be way too many people yeah, that destroy true. him. So the one thing he has That's working for him about is, that, is but we the, worry about the, the humanitarian aspect of all the people that live in that country. Sure, that's 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 the one thing, and, and how that gets dealt with, it, it's complicated because you don't want to start a war, but at the right. same time, how many years go by to where more people die now than would have died? In the well, world? I mean, I know that. You know, me and you think like it'd be... I mean, and most people, everyone around thinks like he's never gonna make an attack. But what if this guy is just that fucking unstable? 
because that is a fear. Like, he could be fucking crazy or he could be like, fuck it. I'm a god. Well, let's be fair. Do you think Donald Trump's unstable? Oh, Dylan. God, you know how I feel about I Donald know, Trump. but the same thing is, like, I feel like the Kim family and the people who surround them... Not to say that I think they are unstable in terms of their morality, but I, I don't think they're dumb enough. They're living too well right now to attack someone without being attacked Provoked. first. You know, South Korea is not going to attack them. China is not going to attack What them. if they hear these like um, rumors, these conspiracy theories that the U.S. is like launching a strike against them? They don't know. Because that could easily, easily be hacked into by the Russians... And put into their their media, and they could hear about that. I mean, unless if they are, I mean, if they're knowledgeable, they're gonna know that's not gonna happen because they know the U.S. wouldn't do that for no reason. I don't think the U.S. will. I mean, I don't think the North Koreans or the administration there will attack without being attacked first. I agree. Um, I and I think that we can't attack them because. If they sense anything coming, they can wipe out Seoul in, in like way. in like thirty minutes. No, and that and that would be completely terrible. And we make a lot of money working with the South Koreans. We have a very good relationship with them. And and there's like so many people that live there. And oh, they're all like twenty million. And they're in and, and Seoul is no. Like, I think it's actually fifty. South Korea is like a, at least from what I've heard is a good place, and we would never let. I, I, I always feel weird saying this now that Donald Trump's our president, but we would never let them die for no reason. I don't think we would. And I think the surprising thing is I think Trump has actually added more security in terms of forces in the region. But what I think what it's done is it has agitated North Korea, which has made it a little more unstable. I think he's yeah, destabilized it a little bit. Right. And the weirdest thing that happened, I think, was right, they were talking about sending the aircraft carrier there. But the aircraft carrier actually did not go anywhere near there. It went like towards India. You remember this story? I remember. I remember something about. Wait, was it? We were sending a, an aircraft carrier near the South Korea North yeah, Korea. I we didn't end that. up sending it there. We ended up sending it somewhere completely else. Yeah. Well, Trump has always said he doesn't want to tell anybody what we're gonna do. He wants to throw. Him, but what? What? What are we trying to? Yeah, I don't think Trump understands that. Like Obama says, these like Obama had said, like when they were doing sh- strikes on places, he says them. So civilians can leave and get away before they happen. And that the element of surprise is not as important as saving innocent lives. I don't know. What's weird is like, I, have you been following Syria closely the last few weeks? We, no, I know we, we did a, our coalition. You know, we're working with people who did a strike. On a, I can't remember what city it was. But like so many civilians died and it's just... And it's not just the Trump administration. It's the Obama administration. It's it's the last administration we've had for the last 20, 30 years. We don't have... It doesn't seem like we really care about civilian lives. We've killed tons of civilians in the last... The last especially since 9-11. We've killed so many civilians. And I just don't even know... Like, how do you combat that? I feel like our citizens don't really care. I do. I think... I don't, I don't know. I think um, that the cure for everything in the world is communication. And just talking to people. Like, 
If you're a liberal, go out there and talk to a super conservative. If you're a conservative, go out there and talk to a super liberal. If you're a, a Muslim, go out there and talk to a Christian. If you're a Jewish person, go out there and talk to a Buddhist. Diversify yourself in ways you would never expect. And we can all come together if we just talk to each other because you're going to realize that they're just another person. They're going to take on your traits. You're going to take on theirs. And the goodness between you two will rise rather than the evilness between you two. Right, and I think a lot of that is blamed on media, this division. Uh, but for me, I think the big problem is, is just the way our, our world works in terms of finances. I think uh, capitalism or modern capitalism, the way it is today, it just doesn't mm -hmm. work. I mean, just like we, media is dividing people. To make money. I just figured it out. Make the media a form of public funding. NPR. Yeah. But that's the thing, though. If all media... No, make it like a tax requirement. So we, we explain this a little further. Okay, so let's say like you're, you get like... So you have all your taxes and you have like a media tax. Every year you got to spend like, I don't know, the percentage of your wage on the media. We, that, I mean, that is... I guess, well, then the government it's, it's would have to... It's kind of like NPR is... So the government would have to pick it, so... Right. And, and well, maybe you have to elect whoever picks who controls the media. So this is a separate no. media election? I, I mean, that's the thing, like... It's hard. It, it, and I think the media is fine, I just think we need to... I think the internet's going to help a lot. Let me take that back. The media is not fun. The media is... It's broken. I, I turned on CNN the other day. They have this guy who wrote a book called America Divided. You know, it's like every time I turn it on, it's just hate on either... Yeah, letter. that's Although all you I hear now is how divided America is. I do not agree with Trump, but I, I turn on NBC, MSNBC and some of the shit they're saying about Trump is a fucking stretch. And it's, it's like, I just want the facts. I, if I want an opinion, I'll go to someone and I get that. But most... I don't watch any of that. Corporate media is... It's it's garbage. I think we just need to all stop watching that. And that's not the and only selectively problem. selectively choose what you listen to. So you can do that. There's other... like I mean, for myself, I listen to podcasts that I choose selectively. And granted, they are biased. Some of them aren't. Well, no, not, no, they're all biased in their own way, but some of, they don't all agree with each other. But I definitely don't think they're just lying to me. Like, I would think Fox News is lying to its people. Like you said, MSNBC, they're slanting their lies and CNN. trying to sell money. You know, these people are just, most of them are just comedians um, talking about news things with political people. But, I mean... It's just like, I mean, I value your opinion. I'm. I hope you value mine a little bit, and we're no no less or no more than comedians ourselves. And, and I mean to bring bring it back to my broader point here is, people are making so much money off of these wars, mm -hmm. and off of these international conflicts. Right. And. The wealth inequality is in our own country. And that, that the craziest thing to me is people don't realize this. You know, people don't realize 
we're getting the wrong end of the deal here. People, there are a group of people in this world that own as much wealth as half of the world's population. Right, right. And it's ridiculous. And it's, it just needs to be realized. And you know how we do that? We talk. We talk to each other. And we don't... I mean, politics, you're not supposed to talk about politics, though. So. Right, but that's changing. All we do is talk about politics because of Facebook and because of other shit. But the thing is, we don't talk about it in person. We talk about it through memes and through fucking avatars on a right. fake internet. It's not a real thing. But I will say this, and I know you 100% disagree with me on this, is I think the media has played into this a lot. And I'm not here to advocate uh, for Russia. But I think this idea of what's happening with Russia in the United States and that they're ultimately enemies and, you know, that the Russia state is trying to just bring down the United States. And I, I this whole Cold War era tactic, uh, like fear mongering, I, I, I'm not 100% sold on all of these things the media keeps saying about Russia. And not to say that Trump has not worked with them, or, well, I don't actually believe that Trump has, to be honest. But, or that people in Trump's campaign haven't, I don't know. But, at the same time, if Donald Trump was sharing this information, you know, like he's saying with, with an, a country that has been an ally for a long time, people wouldn't say anything. Like it was with Britain or, or, or Canada. Why can't Russia be an ally or stable, at least, with the United States? That, that's the question I propose. Because Russia does evil shit, and Russia is led by Vladimir well, Putin. Well, okay, hold on. A gangster. You know who else does evil shit? Who? The United States of America. Okay. Well, I, I don't you know. Are, I would guess we've killed more civilians in the last 20 years than Russia has. Okay, well, the point is... Trump is not trading information with the United States of America. He's trading information with Russia. He is the United States of America. Exactly. And I fucking hate him more than anyone else. But it's not just Trump. It's Barack. It's Bill. It's it's George. No, yeah. I don't I don't think that they they do this stuff on the level that what Russia does. In terms of what? In terms of being straight it's, up it gangsters. Means, like, like, you mean kind of authoritarian going after its own citizens? Yes. Okay, and, and maybe not. And, and maybe not. I mean, I know the USA does some dumb shit, but... Well, we do some I'll, shady shit, too. The NSA... A lot of the shit that we do is what we vote upon. I mean, kinda. Kinda. I mean, you could maybe see it that way. The Afghanistan war, the Iraq war... Or elected officials. I mean, I don't agree with any of those. But, I don't know. I mean, Russia is... Like, every time we talk about this, I always tell you, Russia does some dirty shit, and... I know that they do. I do. But but what benefit do the United States have having a negative relationship with them at this point? We're not going to go to war with them, and you don't want them to go to war with them. I don't. No, we, there is. It's it's an impossibility for us to go to war with anybody with a nuclear bomb. 
well, I guess not an impossibility, but it's extremely illogical because if you launch nukes at us, we're not launching them back at you. And it's just kind of a guaranteed thing that's going to happen. So unless you are something crazy like Kim Jong-un, I don't see that happening. Um, but what you can do against Russia is you can shut them out. You can uh, spread propaganda against them like they spread against you. Which may, I guess maybe there is a little bit of propaganda going propaganda going on against Russia. But I don't think that it's us spreading it. I think it's... I mean, not us as in the U.S. government, but the media. They're spreading it themselves. Hey, I just... I question this... this and not questioning Russia's morals. Russia's... Dude, Putin is Putin is, bad. is a bad guy, I agree. What I question is the media just drawing upon this constant constant like that it's Russia's all bad and we don't ever look at introspectively well, and what we're doing wrong. Right, and, right. I mean I, I get that point, but still we shouldn't be lying about colluding with Russia. Is that that has not been proven. Our investigators have not proven okay. that. I understand that, Dylan, but if you just look at the way Trump fired Comey, I that is shady. I as agree. Fuck. I agree. And just look at everything Trump has but, done. But Comey has said that Trump himself is not under investigation. Comey has said that he would not say anything about that. I'm pretty sure that in, we could look it up. We should have to look it up, probably, but. My understanding is that Trump is not under investigation currently. I'm pretty sure that Trump said to the people in a tweet, thank you, Comey, for saying that I was not under investigation over and over again. And then Comey said, I would never say whether you were or you weren't under investigation because it's a private thing. Yeah, I, don't, I, I, think, you're th I think you're hearing from what Trump has said. Let's take a pause and look okay. at this. We'll, take... well, we took a quick look at it. Um, we're both inconclusive. We don't know. Yeah. To my, from what I saw, it looks like he might not be under investigation for colluding with Russia, but for firing Comey. Um, I think he's under investigation by sources outside the FBI. I don't know. Um, take a look into it, I guess. But... Gosh, just what the but fuck? But here, here and, I, and I am not a supporter of Trump, and I am not a supporter of Russia. But I do want to bring up the fact that if Russia did, and they do a bunch of horrible shit otherwise, if they did hack into our election, or spread propaganda, because I don't, I don't know if there's been any conclusive evidence that they've changed the result of the election. I think it's been pretty much conclusive that they haven't. That they haven't. That's one thing. And, yeah, they should not mess with our democracy. But if you look at history, the United States, over and over and over again, has messed with the politics of other countries. We have supported one candidate over the other. We have done shady-ass shit in Latin and South America. We can focus on Russia now, and that's fine because we're the ones under attack. But when is America going to start looking at itself and what it's doing to the world? That's what I want to know. When are we going to change the way we act? Because we're a villain. 
God, hopefully today or tomorrow. I mean, I mean, I don't disagree with you, but just because I like uh, don't think like that, that we are the greatest people doesn't mean I don't want what's better for us, even if it comes with a little bit of bad. You know, like doesn't mean I don't want Hillary Clinton over a lunatic like Trump and the Republican Party. I mean, Clinton has her flaws. I don't. I don't know if I would. But the Republicans, Dylan, you know how shady and crooked right. they and are. I, I don't know if I'd call them lunatics, but I'll call them bot. And I, I would also call the Democrats bot, too. A lot of them. Most well, then of them. they are less bot. I think they're bought. They're just bought by different people. Well, they're, they're bought by different people that hurt the working class less. Not much less economically. I think they're better social, but both are neoliberals. Both are not really fighting for values. They're going to help Americans. They're going to help the American workforce. Um, but you can get more progressive and more progressive every time you get a Democrat in there. Because but, if you want yeah, someone to but, win... But how progressive are Democrats now? They're, they're like slightly well, left to moderate. This they're, election they're proved moderates. that it's about who you vote for. And... It's like your vote does matter, so. Well, well, well. To, it's not about it's not Maybe. about who gets elected. It's about who society votes for. I mean, how much how much did my vote matter in the Democratic primary? The the DNC rigged the fucking election. They they scheduled the debate schedule a ridiculous way. They the media didn't give Bernie Sanders any right, but that that stuff is all slowly fading away because of how. The internet's progressing, how social media is progressing, how information Eric? is passing more. Eventually, we're we. I think I think the future is bright. And oh, I, I think the future is going to be better. I hope. I mean, the climate change freaks me the fuck out, and I'm af- I'm afraid that we're not going to get to like the people we actually want to elect before it's too late. But I think a big thing that we can do as a society is. Everyday Stop people. eating meat, right? I think that's important too. I don't know how many times I'm sure you said that on your podcast <laughs> now, but uh, uh, I think the biggest thing we can do is as individuals is and people who are not politicians and never thought they'd be politicians is get involved at the political level, the local level, start making these changes, become a sanctuary city, uh, get involved at the state level. You, I think it's easier. And this is crazy to say, to win a campaign, if you're an honest, hardworking American person now, than before. So, if we, we can talk this game all we want, but if we're not going to go canvas, we're not going to donate, we're not going to be politicians ourselves, nothing's going to change. Yeah, I, I honestly, I mean, I don't say this as a joke, I'm going to try to run for mayor eventually, if I can get at least five thousand dollars in donations because i think that's all you need because you need I, to- I don't even think you need that much to win mayor of garden city right all you need to do is ta- go, go talk to everybody all, right? yeah all you got to do is knock on everybody's door once or twice and have people that will do it for you and i think you would have people yeah yeah um and that's what all of you guys should do is before go, you do that unless unless you're like um some kind of a republican nut job I'm talking to you joe mcnavish <laughs> other than that you should probably go out and uh just learn what you stand for and 
I don't know. I think I stand for the people and communication. That's my biggest thing is to communicate with people. I mean, I'm not sure my ideas are right. I'm not sure your ideas are right. But I know that we can come up with something together if we have to compromise. I think that's a good message. Well, guys, uh, we are out of time. This has been the Split Six Podcast. This has been episode, I think, 17. Uh, I would like to thank Dylan Wagella for doing this with me. Dylan, thank you so much. Thank you. Um, we'll be back next week with some more Split Six. We're going to talk about, like always, sports, entertainment, and politics. Um, yeah, everybody, go out there, get out there, vote, get out there campaigning, get out there listening, or I mean, watching Horses New Black, and uh, go Lions, go Tigers. Go Lions. Go Pistons, go Red Wings. All right. And adios, motherfuckers. Thank you, as always, for splitting six with us. Love you all. The Split Six Podcast is brought to you by New Moon Distributing. If you're in Southeast Michigan area and unhappy with your vending product, please contact us at split6 at gmail.com. Thank you.